Turn to John chapter 14 this morning, please. John chapter 14. It's a blessing to see you all here. Thank you for being here. So we're going through this gospel account on Sunday mornings, and I'll begin by reading verses 12 through 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in the Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us, and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. And we will come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. So we considered verses 12 through 14 last week where we saw we can do greater works than Christ did if we ask in Christ's name for the glory of God the Father. And we ask, if we ask in the manner that Jesus says here, He says, I'll do it for you. And now in verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Well, that seems simple enough, doesn't it? If you love me, keep my commandments. It all starts with whether or not you love Christ. So do you love Christ this morning? Jesus said in John 8, 42, If God were your Father, you would love me. If you're not a child of God this morning, you don't have a true love for Christ yet. And the only way God can become your Father is if you accept His free gift of salvation through Christ. Which means you can't have the one without the other. You can't have God the Father and not have God the Son. And you can't have God the Son and not have God the Father. Therefore, all who claim God as their Father but do not love Christ, then in reality they are none of His. Religions who claim God as their Father but don't love Christ as their Savior cannot be God's child. So do you love Christ? This is, a very serious, this is a very serious question because the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema maranatha. In other words, let him be accursed. Now, if you love Christ this morning, how are you demonstrating your love for Christ? If ye love me, you'll keep my commandments. Jesus here apparently knows that they are 
showing their love for him in some sort of misguided way. It would seem perhaps that because Jesus has told them that I'm departing to go to the Father, that I, I won't be here any longer, that they are grieving, they are in some kind of mourning, showing that they love the Father, but Jesus is telling them, look, if you love me, you got to keep my commandments. There's got to be obedience. And, and Jesus is telling them, this is how you truly show that you love me. And at this point, we may begin to wonder, which commandments is Jesus referring to? Well, Jesus stated earlier in this discourse in John 13, 34, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. One day, a lawyer came to Jesus, tempting him, and asked him a question, Which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus replied in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So if you love Christ, you're going to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Amen. That's what the Bible says. These are the commands that we are to keep. We are to love God with all of our heart. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And on these hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, if you'll do those two things, you'll fulfill all the other commands. And so, do you love God this morning? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? How do you show your love for Him? I don't want to dwell here this morning making application to what keeping those commandments would look like. But rather, I want to talk about our obedience this morning. How do we show our love to Christ? Well, first of all, we don't simply, and, and this is what the text is saying, we don't simply show our love by our profession of faith. Amen. I could have, when I got married, I could have said, I love you, I do, see you later. See ya. Or, or what some Christians do is, well, I'll see you next week. Lord, I love you. I'll see you next Sunday. We don't show our love for Christ simply by saying, I love you. I show my love for my wife in a way that is action. Isn't that right? It's not just enough to go up to somebody and say, I love you, but how do you show that you love them? Jesus said, you got to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you got to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says here, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. We don't just show our love by saying we love. It's not that simple. But we show our love through the actions of our life. The, the life that we live. If we live in obedience to Christ, we show our love for Him. There are evidences of salvation we can demonstrate. We don't earn our salvation. We can't work our way to salvation. It's all because of Christ. But there are things we can do which demonstrate that we know Him. And here's the thing. There are proofs that we love our Savior. It happens as a result of our obedience. And here's what I want to emphasize this morning. If we say we love the Lord Jesus Christ, there will be a change in our behavior. Amen. There will be a change in how we act, 
in what we do, where we go, what we deem acceptable, there will be a change. If we say that we love the Lord, but there's been no change in our behaviors, then do we really love Him? A changed life is the proof that we love the Savior. When John the Baptist was baptizing, there came unto him one day many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and and they said unto him, uh, or, or he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth fruits, uh, bring therefore fruits meet for repentance. They came down once he was going on, maybe get baptized. John says, No doing. I don't even know that you know the Lord. There's no fruit in your life. You know what John the Baptist was saying to them? If you're really a follower of Jesus Christ, you'd have a changed life. That's what he's saying. Bring forth fruits, meet for repentance. Show me something in your life that says you know Christ. Where's the fruits which prove you have a changed life? The message didn't change after John, in case you're wondering. When the Apostle Paul was giving his testimony to King Agrippa in Acts 26, he said, I first went to Damascus, then to Jerusalem, then throughout all the coast of Judea, then to the Gentiles, showing them all that they should repent and turn to God and do works, meet for repentance. And the message hasn't changed today. It is still true that those who profess to love Christ ought to experience a change in their lives. Now, I don't know what that looks like for everybody, but I know what it looked like in my life. For me, when I was born again, there was a difference in what was acceptable before a holy God. And as God's child, I had a change in my desires and my ambitions. Now, not everything vanished right away, okay? Um, I wish it were that way, but I still have a flesh. I don't know about you. I still battle the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I understand that there's a growing process which needs to take place in the life of every believer. But when I was born again, there was now conviction where, when I wasn't living right. I now knew what I was doing was wrong, and man, it didn't feel good. And I knew that something was off. There was a desire to obey His commandments. And I've got to tell you this morning, I get really concerned about those who come in here, make a profession of faith, but they never have a changed life. I've had them kneel in my office, pray for God to save them, follow the Lord in believer's baptism, and then they're gone. Where's the change? Where's the change? Were they really saved? I'm not the judge of that. And I'll leave that with the Lord where it belongs. But the Bible is clear that those who are in Christ are new creatures. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We get a new heart when we get saved. There's a new mindset. There's new desires. And if all, that becomes, if all of that becomes new, then don't you know that it'll show up in our actions? You can't change that much in a person and not see a change in their behavior. Amen. 
This is probably not the best illustration, but you voted me in. <laughs> when I joined the military, they gave me a new haircut. They gave me a new name. They gave me new clothes. They gave me a new place to live. And they gave me a new set of orders to follow. And I mean to tell you that the Gary Brooks who graduated just a week prior from Paulding County High School was not the same as Airman Brooks. There was a difference. There was a change. Now there was somebody who was following the commands of the United States Air Force. Now, I want you to understand, I could have shaved my head. I could have bought uniforms from the Navy surplus store, right? Uh, I could have changed my own name. I could have changed where I live. But none of that would have meant that I was a member of the military. I can do all those things. But what seals the deal to others is when I started following the UCMJ. I can't even remember what that stands for anymore, but it's some kind of code of military justice. What's the U stand for? Uniform. Look, I retired and I'm done with that stuff. Amen. Yes, I am, because every four years I'm going to forget a letter. Amen. What proves it is when I started following the UCMJ. When I started following the regulations, when I started obeying the orders of those appointed over me. Now... There's proof that I'm in the military. My obedience showed my adherence to another set of commandments that previously I didn't obey. I had a change. Isn't that right? And if we say we are in Christ, then there ought to be fruits which identify our repentance. And we can look the part all we want. But what shows the world we belong to Christ is when we obey His commands. The best proof we can offer that we love the Lord is a life lived in obedience. Do you have the evidence of a changed life? I'm not preaching sinless perfection. But does conviction set in? And have you had a change in your behaviors from your old life? Are you still fornicating? Are you still cussing? Are you still getting drunk? Are you still throwing temper tantrums? Are you defrauding people? Are you still disobedient to your parents? Are you still a liar? Are you still the same person before you made your profession of faith? It just got real, didn't it? If you went to John the Baptist that day, what would he say to you? Someone once asked the question, if, you're, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? So how's your love for Christ? How's your obedience? It is our love for Him which leads to our obedience to Him. But your obedience to His commandments reveals a lot about who you are in Christ. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3-6 through six say, And hereby do we know that we know Him. <laughs> now let that sink in because this is important. How do I know if I know the Lord? Hereby do we know that we know Him. If we keep his commandments. He that saith I know him and keepeth not his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. He that saith he abide in him ought himself also to walk as he walked. 
That's the same John who's penning the gospel account we're reading. And he said that we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. In other words, we know that we are saved when we are keeping his commandments. Those who struggle over whether or not I'm saved, they have no assurance of salvation, are those who don't keep the Lord's commandments. They're not living a life of obedience to the Lord's commands. And I don't know, there may be somebody here, you're struggling with the assurance of your salvation this morning. Well, are you loving the Lord with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? I have found that those who struggle the most are not doing what they ought to be doing. They're not faithful to the Word of God. They're not faithful in prayer. They're not faithful to church, to witnessing, and to giving. They're not keeping the Lord's commandments. And it's no wonder they struggle with whether or not they're saved. So in order to feel better about disobedience to God, people try to say, well, God's commands are too hard to keep. But that's not true according to the Bible. God's Word says in 1 John 5, 3, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. They're not grievous. They're they're not hard. That word means they're weighty. they're They're burdensome. We can't say we're disobedient because of the difficulty of the command. The Bible teaches that we don't keep His commandments because we have a misplaced love. Others may try to skirt around the Lord's commandments or minimize the Lord's commandments. Now, what does that say about our love for Christ? Why do we buck against the Lord's commands? Is it because we don't love them? Well, we probably wouldn't put it in those words. But what do our actions really say about our love for Christ? For those of you who have children. Or for those of you who were a child. (laughs) Yay, got everybody. Has your child ever violated your commandments? Or did you ever violate your parents' commandments? I believe we probably all have in some form or fashion. Now, I realize we have some parents who are delirious and think that their precious little child never does wrong. But on the authority of God's word, they do. Amen. And <laughs> we say amen, but you talk to some parents, uh, uh, no, not no. No. Yes, your kid. <laughs> amen. All right. Um, don't worry, that's not where I'm going, but those who have children, doesn't it break your heart when they violate your commands? It hurts me when I know I don't have their heart on an issue. Because I know if they loved me, then they would love my commandments. But because the commandments, let me rephrase that, they would do so because the commandments that are put in place are to protect them. And while I appreciate my children's verbal I love you's, words can be very empty without action to support what is claimed. There's an emptiness when a rebellious child will openly say, I love you, and live in violation to your biblical command. And they say, well, I love you. No, you have a misplaced love. 
How can you say that you love me and disobey? How can you really love the one you say you do, but then violate their lawful commandments, either openly or secretly? So I give a command. It's a reasonable command. It's not illegal. It's not unethical. It's not immoral. But I get resistance. I don't have my child's heart in that area. But if they only knew that I love them, and if they only knew that what I commanded them was for their own good, then I know they would willingly obey. And then it hits me. I was no different when I was a kid. Amen. I was no different. I literally have scars on my body for disobeying my father's commands. Dad said, don't do it. My dad wasn't being ugly, giving a command, but I violated it anyway. What did that say about my love for my dad in that area? And many of us have scars today, either physically or emotionally, from not keeping the Lord's commandments. And we have regrets that we live with because we disobeyed. But I want you to know this morning, those commands the Lord tells us to keep, they're there for our good and His glory. They are there to protect us in this life. They're meant to keep us from getting scarred. And once we understand this, and once we begin to know it and to practice it, we begin to love those commands that we once said. They're too hard to keep. I can tell you that I once obeyed my dad because I feared him. I didn't want to face his wrath, if I can put it that way. But I remember at the age of 17, going through boot camp, and there I was on the first day, pick them up, set them down, pick them up, set them down. And going into the dorm room that morning and seeing grown men cry. Now, for those of you in other branches of service, I know that's even more ridiculous. Um, for any man that would cry in an Air Force boot camp, they got big issues. And so, I mean, my childhood was far more difficult than boot camp. And I saw these men crying, and, I, and all of a sudden I had that light bulb moment. You ever have one of those? And I was like, oh, now I know what Dad was doing all those years. And I sat down and I wrote my dad a letter. And I said, thank you. Thank you. It now makes sense. I now understand why you had the commands that I couldn't wait to leave and get out from under, so I joined the military so nobody could tell me what to do. <laughs> I now understand Oh, mercy. It changed my view. And at that point, I wanted to obey my dad, not out of fear, but because I wanted to please him. And I wanted him to get glory. Now, don't think that's strange. The Proverbs teach us that a wise son makes a glad father, and that a foolish son is a grief and a calamity to his father. I remind my kids all the time, don't forget the name on the back of the jersey. Hey man, you're a Brooks. Don't you go out there and bring shame upon our, our family name. Don't forget which team you're on. The name on the back of the jersey is, is who you are. The emblem on the side of the helmet is who you play for. And the NFL seal is the, the greater thing in all of it. And I'm here to tell you, listen, we ought to bring glory to our earthly parents by obeying their commands. Proverbs 28, 7 says, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of riotous men shameth his father. 
Now, I said all that to say this. How do you think God feels when we disobey His commands? Do you think He likes it when we're a grief and a calamity and we cause His name shame because of our foolish actions? Not only that, but when we don't keep His commandments, He knows He doesn't have all of our heart in that particular area. There's an area where we are not loving Him as we should. Now, I'm not being ugly this morning, and I never intend to offend. But can one honestly say they love the Lord and then live in open rebellion to His commandments? What sin are you living in this morning? What sin have you justified that's okay? What sin have you convinced yourself that you just can't get the victory over? Jesus is clear here, if you love me, keep my commandments. And our obedience to His commandments is how we show our love to Him. Do you love Him? Do you keep His commandments? Or are you living a life contrary to what you are professing? When you examine your life, is there evidences of a changed life? Has there been a change in your behaviors? You say, I don't even know the Lord this morning. What command do I keep to get saved? There's only one, and that's to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You keep that command and you'll know Him. Are you guilty of convincing yourself that His commandments are too hard to keep? He wouldn't give you the command if He didn't know you could keep it. Maybe you still need to learn that they are there for your good and His glory. Is there an area of your heart this morning that your heavenly Father doesn't have yet? Something you have tucked away. Then I want to encourage you to get right with God today the best way you know how. Ask for forgiveness for violating His commands. And then ask for Him for the wisdom needed to see His commandments as good for you. And then as the, ask Him for the strength to overcome the sin which keeps causing you to violate His commandments. Have you trusted Christ this morning? I want to invite you this morning to run to the Savior. Cry out to Him for salvation. Do you love Him this morning? Then obey Him. If you say you love Him and you're not saved, you have to obey the commandment to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. If you love Him this morning and you're saved and there's an area of your life that's not right, you need to get that right this morning. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let's pray.